Hey, Michigan, let's talk golf. Here's Mike Sullivan, the most inconsistent golfer ever. In your life have you seen anything like that? And Kyle Bogey, wait, how can a guy with that name host a golf show? We'll never know. Better than most. It's the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Powered by our presenting partner, Hall Financial. Welcome into another edition of the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Kyle Bogey, Mike Sullivan here. Of course, our presenting sponsor, Hall Financial. Big thanks to them, but an unbelievable couple of weeks uh, working with David Hall and his team. And uh, we have an exciting episode for you guys this week. We'll certainly dive into, uh, you know, some of the DraftKings stuff, get to, uh, you know, try covery and everything going on over there. But I want to just jump right into this interview. And we are uh, pleased to be joined by uh, a Michigan Golf Hall of Famer, uh, a 17-time Michigan PGA uh, Championship winner, and, uh, of course, now in his quote-unquote, as he said before we uh, started recording, uh, his semi-retirement, but uh, a great gig that he's got up at Boyne Golf as a uh, PGA professional, Mr. Jeff Roth joining us here. And, uh, Jeff, we, we appreciate you coming on the MDG pot. Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Mike, for having me. Absolutely. So I, I want to at least start with something topical because there, there's a lot that we can get into um, with your career, with, with everything that you've accomplished, and, and certainly, uh, you know, the gig that you have up north at Boyne, which everyone in our community is so familiar with. Uh, with Boyne Highlands, Boyne Resorts, and everything that, that's up there. But you recently, uh, at least a few years ago, five, six years ago, had a chance to play with Max Homa, who just uh, ended up winning at Riviera, um, you know, a couple of tournaments ago. What was that experience like? What did you see out of a young Max Homa? And what do you think the future holds for a kid who just, I say kid, because he's, he's a little bit young, but man, he is just unbelievably talented. Yeah, so I played in the uh, Southern California Open. Oh, gosh, it, it must have been 2014-15. Uh, um, I want to say he was out on tour and maybe then lost his card or maybe he was playing Corn Ferry at the time and struggling. Um, but, you know, what I saw, because I was paired with him for the first two rounds, was somebody that just had an enormous amount of talent. I'd never, I had never seen anybody hit the ball so high and far in the air uh, and so controlled and uh, with so much speed. And again, this is 2014, 2015. And uh, this was, you know, before the Kyle Berkshires and the, and, uh, and the DeChambeau's of the world trying to work on club head speed and, and all this length. It's like he had it, and um, obviously not a really big guy, but I was just really impressed by his ball striking. I just kept wondering for 36 holes, how is he not playing on the PGA Tour? And, um, you know, I think he's kind of spoken to it a little bit about uh, just dealing with some of the mentality part of coming from the college ranks to the pro ranks and as you climb the ladder of talent um, there's more guys that do what you do and so what separates the good from the fair from the great is between your ears right and just believing that you belong and um, it's something that has taken him a little bit of time to I guess uh, totally digest 
and I guess he's made a few swing changes. I, well, I can't, uh, I can't imagine what those are because the golf swing I saw several years ago was, was awfully good, but, um, uh, he's just kind of matured to that level now physically and mentally. And, and, uh, he's just having a great time and who knows what, uh, what he could do this year because he's definitely one of those guys on a roll. I mean, I, I was expecting Finau to win that golf tournament. I really was. And uh, I just, you know, you just feel so bad for Tony Finau. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know, you feel bad. He wins over a million dollars for finishing second. You know, God bless him for that. But, you know, when you're, when you're winning that much money, it uh, the titles become – now front and center because money just doesn't matter after a while. But uh, two great talents there in Finau and, and Homa. See, and Jeff, I would ask kind of what you were just saying about being able to identify Max Homa and just how good he is. I mean, you're someone who, of course, has won so many times. You, you've played in so many tournaments and so many majors. And, you know, you played in the PGA Championship and on tour. And I would be curious just to, to know, as you just said, how a lot of it is mental. But what do you think truly separates someone who's a great player, who's a professional type golfer, and then someone who's a tour player? Because because you've played with so many people, and is there mental or anything more than just just the mindset of what you truly think separates a tour player from just a great golfer? Well, for me personally, it's always been <clears throat> it's always been clubhead speed and hitting the ball further, you know, even, even back in the, in the eighties when I was a young professional and thought I could play a little bit at that level, the tour events that I got to play in, I was always at the bottom of the rung in terms of club head speed and distance. So that always held me back. I mean, uh, I, I always thought I had the talent to play in the mental side of the game and the short game to play at that level. But you know, even back then, 30, 35 years ago, uh, you know, hitting the ball further does mean something and did mean something. Um, and it still means something. And, uh, you know, in terms of what makes a, a tour player from a, a good tour player from a great tour player, gosh, it's, it's so hard to say. I mean, talent is always going to trump everything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at that level, they all have a degree of talent. Right. I think probably uh, in answer to your question, it's just the amount of patience that you have for dealing with the situation. Because once you get in the heat of the battle and you have an opportunity to win on that last day or that last nine holes, mm-hmm. um, who comes out with the victory a lot of times is really the most patient. Sure. Uh, and you kind of saw that with Homa the other day when he, seemingly was going to win on the very last green and and that putt was pulled to the left right from the beginning i don't care what anybody says he he just got a little too antsy and too quick and and you could see he pulled it right from the beginning but you know he had the patience to regroup knowing that he was playing good all day just like Finau was and um and he was able to come on top even when he got that bad break off the tee on 10 he created something special and uh, was able to keep the playoff going and just kind of outlasted Fino. But 
patience, I think, is is a huge key to kind of differentiating the good from the great tour players because having played golf for so many years and won so many times, even on my level, I've won golf tournaments in a lot of different ways. I've come from behind. I've led from the beginning. uh, I've watched guys lose tournaments to me and I've actually lost tournaments. You know, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I really had a chance to win the Michigan open had a two shot lead with three holes to go. And I ended up bogeying 17 bogeying 18. And then I bogeyed the playoff hole to lose to Steve Brady. And, and I handed oh, him yeah. a Michigan <laughs> open back in 92, you know? So, um, you know, you play the game long enough and you put yourself in position as many times as I have and and a lot of these good players have, you're going to find ways to win and lose tournaments. And uh, you just have to be patient and you have to be willing to uh, change directions and uh, make yourself better in different ways just to accommodate uh, the situation. You can't stand still. Michigan Golf Hall of Famer Jeff Roth with us uh, here on the Metro Detroit Golfers podcast. And, uh, you know, Jeff, one of the things that just doing what we've done with NDG and just being around the game of golf for, you know, several years now and and just getting more and more into it and obsessed with it. Um, One of the things that fascinates me is how many different, you know, people and different types of people uh, have made golf their entire life. They're living, you know, the way that they go about things, whether it's, whether you're a tour player, whether you're on the corn ferry, whether you're a PGA professional, whether you're a superintendent, uh, a GM. I mean, there are so many different people that, again, have made golf their life. I guess at what point in, in doing everything that you've done over the course of your career did you realize that, you know what, golf was going to literally be what you did for the rest of your life, the way that you supported your family and, and made a living? Uh, I think from a young age, you know, I always thought as a teenager um, and having some success as a junior player that uh, I would be able to move on and play college golf, which I did, and then move on and play tournament professional golf, which, you know, I've had the fortune of playing in a bunch of tour events, but I never was able to be talented enough, if you will, or specifically hit the ball far enough to compete with guys at that level. So there came a point in time when I realized that that just wasn't going to happen, but being a PGA professional and getting involved in the business of golf uh, was something that kept me and kept my dream alive of playing elite golf level. And I, you know, just over a, over a number of years just kind of developed my game as I developed my career and with the support of my wife Maureen and and my family was just able to keep snowballing that success behind the counter and outside on the golf course to uh, to you know having the fortunate success that I've had through the years but uh, you know the PGA of America has done a tremendous job uh, in expanding job opportunities for golf professionals. When I got in the business and got my PGA membership in 1983, there were only a handful of classifications of PGA professionals. And, you know, my career path was 
country club assistant and then hoping that that job would open up and that my resume and my interview would be good enough to get my own job, which I did at the Flint Golf Club. And I actually owned that business and I did the payroll taxes and I hired and I fired and I, you know, did all the committee meetings, ran the golf tournaments, ran the pro shop, uh, blah, blah, blah. And now, you know, 35, 40 years later, the PGA of America classifications have expanded probably threefold. <laughs> you, know, you can be a real estate agent and be a PGA member now. Yeah. Uh, that was unheard of when I was first starting out in the business. You were a golf professional at a private club or a public co golf course. Uh, maybe you were lucky enough to own your own place, but uh, the PGA of America has done a tremendous job of expanding those job opportunities and career paths for young professionals and through the professional golf management programs throughout the country. Uh, guys are much more educated and much more advanced than we were back in the early 80s doing our thing. Well, obviously, there's another guy right now trying to make his career in golf. That's that's Donnie Trosper, who, who MDG has been thrilled to sponsor. And and with the help of David Hall, I'll take a quick moment to talk about David Hall. He's been uh, just an incredible resource to us. He's played a lot of Michigan Opens himself. <laughs> he Hall is a great golfer. And, and, guys, you've seen it with Donnie qualifying for another PGA Tour event, Puerto Rico Open. Can't thank Hall Financial enough and all their support. So I would encourage you to visit www.hallmdg.com. We thank them for their support on this podcast and just the entire MDG community. So thinking about buying or refinancing, that's www.hallmdg.com. Uh, they're trying to help as many Metro Detroit golfers as possible. So um, Jeff, one thing I'd like to ask real quick too, and, and this is a question that we actually asked Tom Watson when we had on as well, <laughs> but um, Michigan golf itself, uh, probably a perfect transition to also talk about Boyne and how many incredible courses are up there and, and your work up there. I know Kyle and I go up, up to Boyne every single summer, but be very curious to know from you, you've played everywhere. What is it about Michigan golf compared to other places in the country, in the world that separates it and makes it special? How would you compare Michigan golf to all the golf uh, throughout the country and throughout the world? Well, Michigan golf is unique, uh, first of all, because of the, <clears throat> the history and the traditions that Michigan golf can, uh, can speak to, you know, going back to the days of, you know, the Walter Hagans and the Berkamos and, uh, you know, the Detroit metropolitan area is one of those handful of areas where um, a lot of golf history has been written, whether it's Arnold Palmer winning the U.S. Amateur at country club of Detroit or whether it's all the rich country club history that uh, has kind of prospered through the years and all the legacy memberships that have kind of just rolled over and uh, mm -hmm. and a lot of historical organizations uh, the Golf Association of Michigan a lot of history behind it that that's an important part of I think Michigan golf the golf course is designed by, you know, the world famous architects, you know, the McKenzie's and the parks. Uh, so you've got that rich history of golf courses and the number of golf courses. And then of course, the geography of Michigan where um, there's more coastline in Michigan than any other state in the country besides Alaska. So 
you know, if you want to win a beer in a bar, you know, you can win that trivia question for a beer in a bar, the Michigan coastline. Mm-hmm. So that all contributes to it too. And um, so I think that's where you got to begin. Yep. Uh, when you talk about Michigan golf, the number of golf courses, I think Michigan's probably top three or five. In the number country. three. Yep, number three, just behind yeah. Florida and California. Right. And then when you kind of talk about the public golf aspect, Michigan's probably really high up there too. And, and Michigan has lost several hundred golf courses yes. over the last 10 to 15 years. We used to be maybe number one or two in the country for – total golf courses so there's a rich history there between private club golf and public course golf and then what makes you know a place like Boyne unique is we service private members we service the public and we service the resort uh aspect of it you know um so you know Boyne is is a unique situation in a unique state of golf uh, of Michigan. So, uh, you know, we're blessed to, oops, (laughs) we're, uh, we're, we're blessed to be able to uh, be located in a, uh, in a state where, you know, even though we have a short season of, you know, four to seven months, it's a wild and crazy ride for four to seven months. Uh, with golf in terms of participation, tournaments, diversification, and uh, and those that service the game. Yeah, we've had a chance to uh, to get to know Ken Griffin. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, he's been a huge supporter uh, of MDG, and you know, certainly there on our tour card. Um, you know, those Boyne golf trips, and he's going to be at our our virtual golf show coming up on March 11th as well. So look forward to seeing him. But mm-hmm. um, you know, as Mike said. We're up at Boyne every single year. I, I, my golf trip, this will be, I think, the sixth year in a row uh, with my buddies. And, you know, there's just no reason to really, you know, change it too much. You, you got to go to Boyne. It's just one of those staples. You got to go to Boyne on a golf trip every single summer. But you, you probably get a question like this all the time. Um, is there – I don't want to say a favorite course, but just is there a hole that really just stands out? Is there a, a feeling up there that just you don't – you find it hard to get anywhere else. I mean, I'll be on Bay Harbor and you would swear you're on the coast of California. And I've played a couple of, you know, courses out in California. I would put it on par with any of those courses on the the shoreline uh, out in California. But in your mind, I mean, just what, what really stands out about the courses, the structure, the landscape, everything up there at point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the best description I, I heard of Boyne, I was listening to Stephen Kircher do an interview with uh, Matt Adams probably two years ago, and he described the facility up there at the Highlands, and I think Boyne in general, uh, that it's kind of a cross between Nantucket and Pinehurst. Because you're so close to places like Harbor Springs and Petoskey and Mackinac, so you have that that whole water thing that you can play on and all the great food and, and beverages that you can partake if you go to Harbor Springs, Petoskey, but yet Boyne Highlands specifically, and even the mountain a little bit, kind of sits out there on its own, kind of self-contained with all the amenities that you would want in a resort, in a private community, like Pinehurst, if you've ever been to Pinehurst. 
Not yet. You go to Pinehurst, you got the little village of Pinehurst, and that's it. There's nothing there. It's golf, more golf, <laughs> and then you finish up with golf. And that's kind of the way Boyne is. Similar, I've heard similar with Bandon Dunes as well in terms of being golf-specific like that, too. Even uh, even Streamsong yeah. down in Florida. Streamsong is, like, way out there. you got to drive an hour, hour and a half, and it's just that's right. all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I just think that that's a perfect description of what the Highlands is, you know, the cross between Nantucket and, mm-hmm. and Pinehurst. And I think that's why Buddy's trips are so popular. Uh, we get an enormous amount of Buddy's trips. And, we, of course, the Canadians, yeah. when they can come across the border, they just love the value of coming to Boyne Highlands. It's hard to beat the value that you get uh, when you come up to Boyne to play golf and and eat and drink and you know if you want a horseback ride you can do that if you want to swim you can do that if you want to boat fish hike i mean there's all those amenities that come along with coming to boyne highlands so it's it's a very unique place and my favorite golf hole at the highlands is number 17 on the hill Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of a double fairway hole and the green is set with a spine in the middle that you can play that hole four different ways. So you can play because they have two sets of tees too. So you've got two fairways, two sets of tees, the green split in half with a nice spine. And so you can play from the left tee to the right fairway because you'd want to play there if the pin was on the right side of the green. So you can play it four different ways. Um, it's just a really unique setting. It kind of reminds me a little bit of being in the Carolinas when you play that hole. But, you know, like you alluded to Bay Harbor, you can, you know, play the links there at Bay Harbor and feel like you're playing uh, Oceanside. So, and then if you go down to Boyne Mountain and play the Alpine, you just get some tremendous uh, change in elevations. So you feel like you're maybe playing – you know, in the mountains a little bit. Uh, Boyne just offers such a diversity of golf. <laughs> it's uh, it's just hard to beat. For uh, for you at this point, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, you've won a couple of now uh, Michigan Senior Open championship, championships, if I'm not mistaken. Um, where are you at, I guess, with your game? What What, you know, is next for you? What are you hoping to – continue to accomplish and I got to believe you still enjoy uh you know being competitive and being able to play in uh in some of these tournaments oh yeah yeah no I'm uh, I'm healthy you know knock on wood uh, my my wife uh supports you know what I do um I've got uh, the national club pro championship coming up in April down in Florida and then uh in May late May I'll play in the senior PGA Championship it's at uh, in Tulsa at Southern Hills, uh, which will be kind of fun because I played in the PGA Championship there back in 1994 when Nick Price won. Uh, so that'll be fun going back to that venue. And then uh, I'll finally get to use my Rocket Mortgage exemption, which I was hoping to use last year, but that got nixed by the pandemic. So uh, Incredible. I be able to use it uh this year so i'll go playing at detroit golf club in the rocket mortgage classic well we uh will play it on seeing you there and maybe uh maybe do a quick interview with you after a range session or something like that that'd be awesome sure yeah no i'd 
this, uh, you know, at, at my age, this could be it for uh, tour events. I mean, I played my first tour event in 1983, and it's now 2021, so that's a lot of time spent between first and maybe last tour events. You never know. Remarkable. Mike, Mike I want to steal Mike's quote. He says it all the time. Golf is just that sport that you can play – you know, at the age of four and play it until, you know, you're with your grandson. Yeah, 75 or 80 years old. So that's one of the great <laughs> things, uh, you know, about the game of golf. So certainly something that we want to continue and just play the game as long as we can grow the game, talk the game. I mean, I, I think uh, golf is changing. It's getting the younger generation, I think, is getting more involved. And we never want to say it was a, a positive what, what went on this past year, but certainly for the game of golf, uh, it's been a huge boom. Uh, over the last calendar year. Hopefully we can continue that moving forward. But uh, Jeff, uh, really appreciate you joining us. As Mike said, we'll certainly uh, look you up when you're down here uh, for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And when we're up at Boyne, maybe we should uh, we should get together and uh, and maybe have a beer or two as well. That, that would be great. Yes. Absolutely. Love to join the both of you. Thank you, Jeff. One of the best events of the year this week, the Dell Technologies match play, and it is actually officially underway. And you know how I can tell that? Uh, Rory McIlroy, no water on one of the holes, but he ended up finding a pool, unfortunately. Now, he wasn't able to hit out of that. He did have to take a drop, but what an image. If you haven't seen it yet, Rory McIlroy, this ball literally ending up in a pool. But already some great matches so far. Love the entire weekend. I mean, it's just going to be such a fun time. Match play really does present, I think, some of the most competitive and compelling golf uh, that you are going to see. And it really is the closest thing that you're going to see, you know, up until the Ryder Cup, you know, the President's Cup, whatever it may be, if you will. But either way, DraftKings, uh, with some updated odds right now, if you guys do want to get involved, I love betting on golf. And you know, heading into the weekend, uh, it's one of my favorites to just put a little bit of money on like three or four different guys and see if one hits because more times than not, you're probably going to end up making a profit. Currently uh, tied at the top as far as the favorites are concerned, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, and John Rahm, all plus 1,200 to take home the Dell Technologies match play. That, of course, is via DraftKings. Right behind that, Justin Thomas coming off that win last weekend, plus 1,400. And then you get into some of the longer shots. Jordan Spieth, plus 2,000. Patrick Reed, he's always been very good, albeit it's mostly in the Ryder Cup, but always very good in match play. You can get Patrick Reed at plus 2,200. Some others who have been playing some very good golf of late, Terrell Hatton, plus 2,800. Tony Finau, plus 2,500 as well. Uh, to me, wouldn't be the worst idea to put some money on Tony Finau. Wouldn't be the worst idea to always put some money on Jordan Spieth. And I will be keeping my eye on the Masters coming up uh, in just a few short weeks. I'm wondering what Jordan Spieth uh, is going to do with the Masters. Been playing some very, very good golf of late. Either way, you want to make sure if you're going to bet on some golf, you're going to take advantage, make sure you do it with DraftKings, okay? And obviously, we're heading into yet another big weekend for March Madness, the second weekend 68 teams started the tournament. Only the best have survived. And unfortunately, only one Big Ten team has actually made it. That's the hometown Michigan Wolverines. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action, okay? Look, bet $1 on any tournament game, and if your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Turn $1 into $100. That's it. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning $100. All it takes, literally... $1 bet at that team winning their next game. 
No better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with the DraftKings Sportsbook. We've had a great relationship with them. They've been fantastic for us. This is the way to return the favor. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook, of course, offers daily odds boosts on the NBA, hockey, golf, so much more. DraftKings, safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Simply download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MDG. That's really important, guys. Use MDG. We're going to have some fun stuff coming up with pools and various things for the Masters. When you sign up, you can turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team you choose pulls off the win. Code MDG. Turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 800-270-7117, 21 or older, Michigan only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Well, great conversation uh, with Jeff Roth there. Can't wait to see him compete at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, obviously, uh, we'll have to meet up with him up at uh, at Boyne this summer as well. And you know, certainly, if uh, any of you MDGers are out at Boyne this summer, please go ahead, uh, you know, and look him up. See if uh, you know you can say hi to him as well. Just an unbelievable career. And I, I do. Yeah, I love all the stories about people who spend their lifetime in the game of golf. And I, you know, Mike, I think I speak for you too. Fortunate, you know, to to have even a portion of our you know lives, you know, tied yeah. up in the game of golf and trying to grow it and and play it and do as much as we possibly can. So uh, really, really good stuff there. And Man, he played in his first pro event in 1983. He's going to play in another pro event in 2021. The only way that Jeff Roth is capable of doing that so far apart, 38 years, if my math is correct, he must be going to try covering massage and flexibility. No, he's probably not. But you know what? I guarantee if I continue to go and see Jeff and Kevin over at Tri-Covery, I'll probably be able to play uh, you know, for the next uh, 30 or 40 years as well. Hopefully, anyway, that's the goal. Uh, they do an unbelievable job of working on golf-specific packages uh, to, to help get you guys hitting through the ball. Make sure that your flexibility is on point. Make sure that you're no longer in pain when you're out on the golf course. If you just want to start to gear up and get ready for the season and, you know, heck, get your body going and firing so that you're not dealing with all those aches and pains, Look up Tri-Covery. They have multiple locations, Royal Oak, Novi as well. Jeff and Kevin do an unbelievable job. You can go to their website as well. That's tricovery.com, T-R-I-covery.com. They have golf-specific packages, so go and check them out. Follow them on social media. They're always giving great tips as well. But Tri-Covery has been an unbelievable partner for us with the Metro Detroit Golfers Group. Well, Mike, one more thing that we want to at least make sure that we mention here as we continue to get closer to the season, that means that we're getting closer and closer to the masters. And I think it was a couple of tournaments ago, a Tigers tournament, actually, if I'm not mistaken, uh, out at Riviera, Riviera, the Genesis Invitational. He was on with Jim Nance and talked about his progress and his rehab and how his back's doing since the surgery and all of that. And, uh, you know, he said that the goal is certainly for him to play in the masters here in 2021. Who knows how healthy he'll actually be. Can he play in a tournament uh, you know, prior to the Masters in 2021, that'll be something that we'll have to see uh, and monitor. But either way, the Masters is going to is going to happen. You know, and it, it's not all that far apart from the last one that we saw uh, this past fall. And we have a really exciting thing that we're going to be doing. So, uh, if you haven't signed up for DraftKings yet, make sure you sign up using the promo code MDG, and that is going to get you included in all of our pools that we're going to be doing. 
any uh, you know special events leading into tournaments, whatever it may be. The Masters obviously is going to be a huge one though, and you want to make sure that you are going to be included in that. So if you're signing up for DraftKings, use the code MDG and make sure that you'll be included uh, in the pool, specifically the Masters pool that we're going to be doing coming up here in April. Can't believe that the Masters is already almost here. But either way, appreciate it. Another great episode. Certainly a lot more to come as we continue to get closer and closer to golf season. The snow just continues to melt out there. I can already see the first tee shot of the year getting closer and closer. Appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for listening to the Metro Detroit Golfers Podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and keep giving Sully and Bogey a hard time. Powered by our presenting sponsor, Hall Financial, and also Tri-Covery Massage and Flexibility. 